Welcome back to the Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast. This is the week nine preview episode. You're here with the Double Beasts. Let's get straight into uh, little injuries and recap from this week. Uh, go ahead, talk about some big games over there, bro. Yeah, so there was there was a couple big games that caught my eye this week. Uh, the first one I'm going to talk about is a guy who's uh, really high expectations out of college, had a couple big games, but has not been heard of for a while, and that's uh, Corey Davis out of Tennessee. He had uh, uh, 10 targets for eight receptions, 128 yards, and a touchdown this week. Good to see Corey getting back on track. It'd be nice to see a one-two punch there in Tennessee with him and A.J. Brown. Uh, the best receiving game of the week, in my opinion, was uh, DK Metcalf. 15 targets, 12, t- uh, 12 receptions, 161 yards, and two touchdowns. Another big fantasy day uh, in Seattle was uh, rookie running back DJ Dallas out of Miami University. Uh, he had 18 carries for 41 yards and a touchdown. Five receptions, 17 yards, and a touchdown. Good to see the young man get get himself into the end zone twice. And then uh, the monster game of the week came from uh, Dalvin Cook. 30 carries, 163 yards, three touchdowns, two receptions, 63 yards for a fourth touchdown. Monster game out of Dalvin Cook. Uh, which those are the uh, huge games that caught my eyes this week. Walker, why don't you tell us about some of the injuries that happened? Well, you got your injuries. You had one of the biggest ones come out. Uh, George Kittle is most likely done for the fantasy season. Uh, you lost Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, lost Tevin Coleman. That's not a huge one there. He's been in and out all year. Um, uh, T.Y. Hilton went down. And one of the biggest ones that hurt me real bad and cost me my week to Mr. Finley here was uh, Kenny Galladay. Uh, looking like he's going to miss just a few weeks. So um, let's try to find some replacements for these guys. You already hit on the first one. I'm going to take it off straight into the value menu. You hit on one of the first names, DJ Dallas. He played 80% of the snaps there in Seattle. Uh, two touchdowns. He looked really good, elusive. Um, he definitely has, I think, moved himself up and will be uh, involved even when Chris Carson comes back. Carlos Hyde has already been ruled out again this week. So it should be a DJ Dallas, Chris Carson, if he's back show. Um, Homer didn't really do a whole lot. I think he had maybe one or two carries. Um, so it's definitely – and, I mean, Homer had less than 20% because Belfour or uh, Belor was in for a couple of them or fullback. So DJ Dallas is definitely somebody. Go out there, see if he's on your waivers. Um, I would honestly put him as probably your number one claim. Yeah, Um the other the other injury that I I don't necessarily want to skip over here is Miles Gaskin. Uh, just came out today that he's going to miss the next three games for Miami with an MCL sprain. So uh, the Miami backfield, Matt Breida, uh, Jordan Howard, or uh, um, a guy they traded for that we'll talk about here in a few minutes uh, would be something to keep an eye on. Uh, my first guy um, is somebody maybe you need to look at, uh, in particular Walker, um, you know, losing Kenny Galladay. Hope he's not gone too long. But uh, Marvin Hall really stepped up in, in Kenny Galladay's absence. Uh, prior to this week, uh, Marvin Hall had eight targets this whole year, um, which is absolutely nothing. In a, in a I, I'd consider Detroit still to be an air raid team. Uh, Matthew Stafford can sling the ball, and he's been doing it his whole career. Uh, but back to this week, Marvin Hall, uh, he uh, saw the field for 69% of it. He had uh, seven targets for four uh, receptions, 
113 yards. Now, good game. Now, with Hall, does it scare you that he might just be the deep threat there? Obviously, Marvin Jones will slide into the number one spot there probably. We've seen him sometimes thrive as number one, but we've also seen him disappear as number one there. Another name there in, in Detroit and uh, is Danny Amendola. He oh, yeah. might be out there on your waivers. Um, when he was out, this uh, Quintus Cephas saw the field quite a bit when Amendola mm-hmm. was hurt at the beginning of the year. Um, Hall a little bit. He only he scares me as might be in the the deep threat there in Detroit, which could be very very fantasy relevant with Matthew Stafford still Absolutely. slinging the ball. Absolutely. Um, another name on my list, and it, it comes off an injury. We saw Jonathan Taylor have a small ankle injury. We're not sure the extent of it. Um, I don't expect it to linger too long. But he didn't know about the injury till after the game is what coach put out. Um, is uh, Jordan Wilkins there in Indy. He's a running back. He saw the field 51% of the time. He had 20 carries, 89 yards, and a tutty. Him and Naeem Hines are both running backs that you could look at. Naeem Hines is the pass catcher there in Indy, um, running back. Uh, it seems to be the only pass catcher outside of yeah. maybe a tight end every once in a while, but it yeah. seems to be the only pass catcher there. Um so I would go out and see if Wilkins or Hines are on the waiver. Make sure you keep an eye on the uh, Taylor situation. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with another uh, – stay with the running back position, but I'm going to move over to the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, obviously, uh, Austin Eckler's back – or out, still not uh, back yet, working his way there, hoping for week 10. Uh, but Troy Main Pope was signed off the practice squad Saturday morning, suits up and plays Sunday – has 10 carries for 67 yards, averaged 6.7 yards per carry, obviously. And then he had seven targets for five receptions and another 28 yards. Did get himself nicked up in the game. Uh, doesn't look to be uh, anything too serious. Should suit up this Sunday again, but could be a name to look at and plug on bye week. Uh, and if you're a guy that's that's missed out on Joshua Kelly or Justin Jackson in the absence of Austin Eckler, he could be a name that you could look uh, at adding to your squads to still get a piece of that Los Angeles Chargers backfield until Eckler comes back. Pope came in and it looked like he played the Josh Kelly or Joshua Kelly role. Yeah, um, they don't seem to be as high on him as I was preseason. Um, apparently, he hasn't shown them everything that we or a lot of people thought he could do. Um, but yeah, Pope definitely could be a, a plug and play for you guys. They have the Raiders this week, so that's a good matchup. They have a pretty good schedule coming up. They do, yes. Um, and especially if you're missing out on Henderson off a bye, Mixon off a bye, Bernard on a bye, Kareem Hunt's on a bye, and Miles Sanders, Boston Scott both on bye. So definitely Pope could be a, a huge name to put in. Um, a name I'm going to go with is if you're struggling at the QB position, Mullins there in, in, in San Francisco. He was the starter, I believe it was two years ago, mm-hmm. when uh, Jimmy G tore his ACL. Uh, so he's done it. He's had the starting job. He's done it before. Knows um, the system. Knows the system already. Obviously, he's not going to put up these uh, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Josh, Josh Allen numbers, but he could be a decent plug-and-play. He went 18 for 25, and mind you, they did. Seattle had a good lead on when Mullins did come in. He went 18 for 25, 238 yards, and two tutties. He seemed to target the tight end position a lot. Um, so he definitely could be if you're struggling. Once again, Goff's on by, Burrow's on by, ouch. Uh, Baker Mayfield's on by, Carson Wentz is on by. So Mullins is definitely a, a, a candidate that if you're struggling and there ain't nothing on your waivers, maybe go look at Mullins. He plays Green Bay. Green Bay has a decent defense. Nothing to write home about, but he could be he could be relevant this week. 
Yeah, uh, I'm going to stay with the quarterback position, uh, and I'm going to go a little off off track here. Um, Minshew mania, mustache mania is uh, is uh, taking a week off here with a finger issue. The jorts are going away for a yeah. little bit. The uh, it's going to be Jake Lutton under center uh, for the Jaguars this Sunday when they play the Houston Texans. Uh, and a little bit about Jake Lutton. He had a, he spent a year at Idaho as the starting quarterback uh, before he transferred to Oregon State, and he put up pretty impressive numbers in college. Uh, he, he completed 62.2% of his passes for a total of 5,630 yards, 43 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Uh, the Jags took him in the seventh round this year. Uh, that'll be interesting to see how he matches up against a, a Houston Texans defense that hasn't looked uh, the, way, the way they did of, of old. So that's, that's my quarterback play of the week uh, if you're really struggling and, you, and you're on a uh, real short uh, waiver order for quarterbacks. Jake Lutton may be a guy to, to, to look at. Now, if guys are looking at a quarterback this week, who do you rate ahead, Mullins or Lutton? Who would you put ahead to, to claim? Yeah, I think uh, the nod has to go to Mullins, but only because he's seen the field. He knows what NFL action looks like. If I'm going based solely on what weapons are available to uh, to the quarterback, I'm giving the nod to Lutton in that aspect. He's got James Robinson uh, out of the backfield. He's got DJ Chark, uh, Keelan Cole. I mean, the guy's got better weapons. Right now in San Fran, it, it pretty much looks like you got Brandon Ayuk, uh, Jarek McKinnon, and a backup tight end, whichever one. Whether Kendrick they go. Bourne well, is also a, a weapon there, and that's, you know – that's another guy you could go look at waivers. He had 10 targets this week for 81 yards, eight catches. So that's another target. Uh, obviously, I think a lot of that came from Garoppolo, though. Um, I'd have to actually go back and, and, and double-check that. Um, but, yeah, Kendrick, I mean, I definitely would say that uh, Lutton, you said his name was, yeah, is, is the, uh, is the uh, has the better weapons this week. I agree. Uh, so – Real quick, um, we're, we're gonna we're gonna dissect uh, each position a little bit uh, with the midseason rankings, the top five at each position. But before we do that, uh, obviously today concluded the trade deadline. Um, some big trades, impactful trades made on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, nothing huge, really, uh, offensively. Uh, the two offensive trades you saw uh, was Miami sending a big-bodied receiver Isaiah Ford. Uh, to New England uh, to play with Cam Newton. And then uh, the last one was uh, DeAndre Washington going from Kansas City to Miami. Um, You know, uh, both guys um, could walk in and have impact fantasy-wise. Obviously, with Edelman down, uh, Isaiah Ford could could slide in and be the slot guy there. Uh, He's played 16 games in his three-year career. He's had 41 catches for 428 yards, never found the end zone. Um, but I do think it's worth noting that Isaiah Ford is a big-bodied receiver, uh, which is what Cam Newton has had success with in his career, whether it be uh, Devin Funches or Kev- Kelvin Benjamin. Um, moving on to uh, DeAndre Washington, he's played in the league for five years. Uh, he's had 285 carries for 1,027 yards and seven touchdowns. And then he also can catch the ball. He's had 89 receptions for 515 yards, one touchdown. So Washington, out of the two um, – Offensive trades that were made today would be the one that would be more interesting to me um, if he can get there and catch on to the offensive uh, playbook quickly with uh, Miles Gaskin 
um, being sidelined for three weeks, and uh, neither Jordan Howard nor Matt Breida have done enough to establish themselves, obviously. Well, while we're sitting here talking about running backs, let's let's talk about Green Bay's here. Uh, we saw Jamal Williams, A.J. Dillon, both are out on the COVID list. Yeah. Um, it doesn't sound like Aaron Jones will be suiting up this Thursday. Is it yeah, Thursday? Short week, short week. Short week. It's Thursday night game. Right now it looks like Green Bay is going to be suiting up. If you are desperate at running back, I do not advise going to start these guys. But if you are desperate, these guys are going to see some work. Yep. You got uh, Dexter Williams. Um, and Tyler Irvin. Tyler Irvin. Dexter they have a Williams total of 15 the... carries total in their career. Dexter Williams is, is currently on the practice squad, so he would have to be signed – from the practice squad in order to play Thursday night. So right now on the active roster, it's Tyler Irvin. Um, if Aaron Jones is, is if Aaron Jones is out, uh, I would definitely, if you could pick, be the first one to pick up one of these two guys, I'd prefer to pick up the one that's already on the active roster uh, in Tyler Irvin. But he could be a, a spot play for you again if you have, you know, Miles Sanders, Joe Mixon, and those guys on your roster. Yeah, definitely. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Dexter Williams was there last year. He was their drafted back. So he has seen a little playing time yes, there in Green Bay. I, I do believe you're correct on that. Uh, I, I do believe you're correct. But nonetheless, something to keep an eye on. Short week. Um, and with it being a short week, the the odds of uh, Dexter Williams getting much work with the first team yeah, is going to be a, a lot less than the odds of Tyler Irvin. Uh, I would imagine that uh, Tyler Irvin's been in the group meetings, virtual meetings, whatever, uh, uh, with the first team since the news broke of the COVID outbreak. Honestly, if 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 you're an Aaron Jones owner, you're hoping this game gets flexed to Sunday or Monday, and hope Aaron Jones makes it back because you don't want to see Green Bay rushing back and then him hurt himself even more. Correct. So you definitely don't want to uh, see him get rushed. Uh, before we jump into our big boy meal of the week. I want to talk about some defenses to possibly stream this week. Uh, I got the uh, Tennessee Titans. They just added a new cornerback. Obviously, he won't be playing this Correct. week. They haven't done all that great. They get they, they go up against Chicago, a, a bumpy offense. Uh, could be a good play this week. Washington Redskins coming off a bye. Uh, go against the New York Giants. Could be a good little stream this week. And this one here, um, it, you go out on a limb. Um, Atlanta Falcons, they put a lot of pass rush on the um, Carolina Panthers this past Thursday. They're getting a mini-bye week. Um, they play Denver. It is one of the higher-scoring games of the week, but there'll be some turnovers in that game. Atlanta forces a lot of turnovers, and uh, we actually get our best – well, our second-best uh, edge rusher back in Tack McKinley. They've held him out for trade talks. He didn't go anywhere this week. So he'll be back on the defensive line going up against Drew Locke this week. Good, good. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, again, I know you're hungry, Walker, but before we get into the big boy meal of the week, we are going to go through these midseason rankings. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, these are all PPR formats. Before you start hitting that, I want I want, I want your opinion here. Okay. Midseason MVP. Who Ru- is it? Russell Wilson. There's no, there's no – it's not up for debate. I just like to hear it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> no, no, I, I, uh, I hate – uh, stroking your ego as a Falcons fan, you being a Seahawks fan, but Russ is cooking. Uh, Pete's letting Russ cook, and he looks good doing so. Uh, all right, so we're going to go ahead and I'll, I'll just stay right there with Russ. Uh, PPR, this is all PPR, top five at each position currently. Um, and the quarterbacks will start at the bottom. Uh, it's a tie at five between Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers. 
Aaron Rodgers was hoping his team would add another weapon this week. Uh, it looked like it was going to be Will Fuller, which would have been stealing uh, Deshaun Watson's best weapon. Uh, that trade didn't happen, so those two will be competing for a top five spot the rest of the season. Uh, at number four, you got Josh Allen. Uh, he's thrown for 16 touchdowns, five interceptions, and he's ran four uh, touchdowns in as well. The goal line back there at Buffalo is what he yes, is. Yes, yes. Number three, you got Kyler Murray. Uh, he's got 13 touchdown passes to seven interceptions, but he has rushed in seven more touchdowns. Uh, number two, uh, this may be a shock to some people, uh, Patrick Mahomes, 21 touchdowns, one interception, and he's ran two additional touchdowns in. And number one is none other than the midseason MVP, the guy who I believe will win the MVP this year, Russell Wilson, 26 touchdown passes to six interceptions, uh, hasn't found the end zone yet, but does rush considerably. Um, so with those five being the guys, uh, the six being the top five, rather, um, Walker, do you see anybody falling out of the top five or anybody climbing their way in? Well, what, first off, I want to throw out I, uh, Russell Wilson has not really ran uh, or has not ran into for a touchdown, which is really surprising that he is that and he is still the number one PPR. Mm-hmm. Um, Moving up, I think uh, Watson and Rodgers, I think they, they go back and forth. Um, I think Rodgers – Rodgers gets Lazard back, I think, either this – or not, it won't be this week. It's either next week, uh, week 10 or week 11. So, he'll get his, his second wide receiver back. I think Rodgers will move into the um, uh, number five spot. I think Deshaun Watson will slide out. Um I think really, I think that stays about the same. I know Tom Brady's been doing it. Uh, he had a rough game this week. Um, I yeah, I so the one I I see falling out a little bit is uh, I do think Josh Allen falls outside of the top five. I think Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers will be there uh, competing. But the one that's the most shocking to me is Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is having a really rough year there in Baltimore. Uh, I don't see him getting himself into the top five. I think he's, he, he ends, his, in this, ends the season in the top ten. Uh, but he's having a really rough go of things. I, I, I think, though, I do think you end up seeing Aaron Rodgers move into the top five. I'm going to say Aaron Rodgers finishes as the number four and Watson will be the number five. I think Allen will find his way outside of it. Um, but I, I, the rest of it I'm pretty comfortable with the QB uh, rankings to this point. One name, I don't know where he falls at the moment, but he's looked really good. He's only had one bad game. Joe Burrow could find his way sneaking up there. He runs the ball. He's had very, very good fantasy games. He's got the targets there. He's he's getting comfortable. He's put up uh, – he had that bad one against Baltimore, but he also played Indy's defense, did really good. We'll find out here on week 10 how he's going to do because he plays Mr. He plays that Pittsburgh Steelers defense, so we'll see how he really looks. Yeah, you know uh, – if we're going to throw the rookies in there, I think Justin Herbert has a better chance to crack the top five um, than I do Joe Burrow just because Herbert seems to be throwing for more touchdowns. Uh, better weapons, I would argue, especially getting Eckler back uh, in Week 10. Uh, but, again, uh, I, I have to throw his name in there just because I, you know, I, I'm an avid Matty Ice fan. Matt, Matt Ryan does lead, lead the league in passing yards. So if he starts getting a few more touchdowns to go along with that, he could find his name in that conversation as well. Um, We'll move right on along into the running back rankings. Um, The running back rankings are a little more surprising to me than the quarterbacks were when I was uh, looking them up. Um, But number five is uh, James Robinson uh, there in Jacksonville. James Robinson has 481 yards rushing, four touchdowns, uh, 225 yards through the air with two touchdowns. 
Number four is uh, the one that really shocked me because um, purely from just looking at the games from the outside in, it, it seems like he's doing much worse than he is. But Ezekiel Elliott is number four. He's got 521 yards rushing with five touchdowns, 220 yards through the air with one touchdown. Number three is King Henry, Derrick Henry. He's got 775 yards uh, rushing, currently leads the league in rushing yards. Eight touchdowns uh, with 81 yards through the air. Number two is Dalvin Cook with 652 yards, 10 touchdowns. Uh, He's got 127 yards through the air and one touchdown uh, uh, receiving. And then number one is not a surprise at all. He's the number five total in PPR scoring is Alvin Kamara. Uh, He's got 431 yards rushing with uh, four touchdowns, 55 receptions. Uh, He's got more receptions than a couple of guys in the top five rankings for receivers uh, and three touchdowns through the air. Uh, Anybody that sticks out to you there that you don't think will stay there, anybody you want to say goes into it? Uh, I think James Robinson's going to fall at the top five just because that system's changing up right now. I Um, I think if Aaron Jones gets back to 100%, I think he definitely could sneak in. Uh, McCaffrey's coming back. Mm -hmm. I don't think – I think he's missed too much time to find himself in the top five. Now, it is CMC. He's done work. He probably could get there if anybody could. Um, I see Derrick Henry will be the number one back by the end of the year. Well, sorry, number two, Mr. Kamara will stay number one. I don't see him cooling off anytime soon. Um, Yeah, the only one that I think that you didn't mention already, well, there's two. Um, The first one I'll say is Todd Gurley. Um, Finding the end zone at a tremendous rate right now. Each week his snap count goes up. Uh, It seems Atlanta's kind of taking the reins off of him a little bit and letting him go. Um, if Todd Gurley starts getting involved in the passing game a little bit more, uh, he could easily get himself into the top five. He's just outside. I think he's number seven right now. Um, and then the other one that I want to add is uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, the addition of Le'Veon Bell is kind of hurting that at this at this point. Um, but he's inside the top ten right now. A couple big weeks from him, he's done that. Uh, he just hasn't found the end zone much to this point. He starts finding the end zone, he could find his way there as well. Let me throw one name. I don't know if he'll crack the top five. Uh, J.K. Dobbins just put up 100 100 rushing yards against the Pittsburgh uh, defense. J.K. Dobbins, if Baltimore allows him to take full control of that backfield, J.K. Dobbins is a name that you could see rising. And you could see him creeping up there in the top ten, top seven, maybe even into the top five. J.K. Dobbins has shown a lot more explosive than Gus Edwards. He's a lot more explosive than Mark Mark Ingram. He's a better pass catcher, I think, than both of them. Uh, Dobbins is a name to watch. If you have him, keep him. If he's on your waivers, because I know I saw a lot of people dropping him because he wasn't getting to work, go out and look. See if Dobbins happens to be there. Might be a sneaky little pickup for you. Yeah, I think if Dobbins is turned, the reins are turned over to Dobbins, um, which I still think they'll they'll try to work Mark Ingram back in when he comes back, just because he's a vocal leader on that offense. But if Dobbins does take over, I kind of think top 15 is where he finishes. I don't know as though I can give him the nod for the top uh, 10, just because uh, same way that Christian McCaffrey probably won't get back there. The workload hasn't been there to this point. Granted, Dobbins has got a few touchdowns, had that great game against Pittsburgh, uh, but I still don't believe he'll be the number one back there. It'll still be Lamar Jackson. Uh, putting up most rush yards there. So, yeah. so hang on. Before we, before we move any further, you brought the name back up again, and I meant to ask you this when we talked about the quarterbacks. You're coming down. A lot of fantasy uh, seasons have a week 12, I believe, is their trade deadline. Would you consider moving 
Lamar Jackson for the right pieces. If I had Lamar Jackson, he would have been on the trade block two weeks ago. Uh, I do not like Lamar Jackson. I wasn't a Lamar Jackson fan last year. I don't think he's a, a, a true passer. Uh, I believe he's a gimmicky um, quarterback. Uh, he's going to put up fantasy numbers just because he does it through with his legs uh, and occasionally finds uh, the end zone through the air. I, I, if I had Lamar Jackson, I would be trading him. If I, if I, the possibility of trading for him uh, was available to me, I, I wouldn't trade for him. I just don't think he, he, he uh, is a good enough quarterback in my eyes. Uh, I don't know how you feel about it, but I, I wouldn't want Lamar Jackson on my fantasy team. I got Lamar Jackson. He fell to me in the third and fourth round in the two leagues that I do own him. I would love to trade him. Um, name value alone, I think you can get a, a top ten quarterback for him. Uh, and maybe maybe another little piece here or there. I just don't. He hasn't put up a whole lot of points the past few weeks. He's had a lot of turnovers. So, I mean, I definitely would be shipping him if you can. Yeah, okay, so let's uh, move right along into the wide receiver position. Now, this one, uh, to me, I do think you're going to see a lot of moving uh, pieces out of this top five and into the top five before the season's over. Uh, But at number five right now, you have Stephon Diggs there in Buffalo. A lot of people didn't think he'd have any success there. I was among them. I was Uh, too. uh, But he's, he's, he's doing all right. He's got 54 receptions for 695 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, number four, you got DeAndre Hopkins, 57 receptions, 704 yards, three touchdowns. Number three, DK Metcalf, 36 receptions, 680 yards for seven touchdowns. Uh, DK Metcalf's playing partner at number two is Tyler Lockett, 49 receptions, 575 yards for seven touchdowns. And number one is Calvin Ridley, 43 receptions. Uh, 657 yards for six touchdowns. Um, I'll let you take first crack at this, Walker. What do you think changes in this, and what what do you think stays the same? Well, if Calvin really misses any time, obviously he's going to slide out. He's probably going to slide out pretty quick because there's a lot of receivers coming back, uh, a lot of receivers putting numbers. One of the names that I see that I I don't hear in there that sees a lot of targets and a lot of movement is Allen Robinson of the Chicago Bears. Now, Mm -hmm. I know that's a uh, kind of a down – cruddy offense, but Allen Robinson definitely could with the targets he sees and the catches he gets. Allen Robinson could definitely move into your top five. Um, while, you're, while you're right there before you move on, because there's been a lot of talk about this in the NFL world, whether it be on the ESPNs, the sports centers, the get-ups, uh, the NFL Live. A lot of people are saying the Chicago Bears should go back to Mitch Trubisky because Foles has not been as, as explosive, hasn't looked as good. The Bears were 3-0 and under Mitch Trubisky this year before he got benched. They're two and three with Foles under center. What do you think? Do you think Allen Robinson is more valuable fantasy wise with Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles? First of all, I think Foles. I think he's more uh, relevant with Foles. Uh, Foles has been because Foles puts him in a Foles puts him down in games, so he makes him have to throw. Mitch was doing okay game managing. I think that coaching staff literally waited for one reason to bench yes. Trubisky, and they started Foles instantly. I think Trubisky got benched prematurely. Um, they're two and two with um, Foles, and they were three and zero with Trubisky. So I, I honestly think he's his value's better with Foles. But football wise, I think you go back to Mitch Trubisky if you want to compete in that division. Okay, so yes, you definitely hit the nail on the head. Um, 
I think Mitch Trubisky is the one who I would start at this point. You said you had a couple. You were getting ready to say another name. Go ahead and finish with your receivers who you think could be in the top five or who might stay, and then I'll hit mine. Terry McLaurin might sneak up in the top five. That uh, offense seems to be passing a little more. They don't have anything that's out right now, um, so they're just going to continue to do the same thing. Terry McLaurin's another name you could see move in, and another name that might creep back in, and I don't think he'll creep into the top ten. He kind of hung a short little dud this week against Atlanta as DJ Moore. He start, he was starting to find a rhythm, uh, but once again, Atlanta Atlanta put a lot of pressure on Bridgewater. I think DJ Moore could be that guy that breaks out this second half of the year, and I think he could sneak into your top ten. Yeah, okay, so I'm going to um, – as much as it pains me to say this, I don't think Calvin Ridley stays in the top five. I think Calvin Ridley stays comfortably in the top ten. Uh, I think he will be replaced with another Falcon in the top five who's been looking great the last several weeks is Julio Jones. I think Julio gets himself in there. Uh, The other obvious one to me uh, is Devontae Adams. Missed some time with injury, but since he's been back, it's like he's never left. Putting up huge numbers week in and week out. He'll be back in the top five in no time if that continues. Um, The one that that's really interesting to me at number six right now in a lot of PPR formats is Tyler Boyd. Um, been having a great uh, year there with uh, Joe Burrow. Um, there's a lot of mouths to feed there in Cincinnati, though. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that continues to look. Uh, another one that I think finds himself in the top ten that if he has a couple big weeks here, or there could get back into the top five like he used to. Uh, Keenan Allen in Los Angeles has been putting in steady work this year. Ridiculous amount of targets he's getting there. Yeah. So as far as the top five goes, I do think Stephon Diggs falls out. Uh, I think DeAndre Hopkins moves up. Uh, I will go on record and say that I think only one of the two Seattle boys stays in the top five. I think one of them will fall out, which whichever one I don't know. I don't want to speculate. Um, Tyler Lockett's getting more receptions at this point, so I would have to say that I would think if either of them fall out, it would be DK just based on the targets, but that's that's or to be seen. Uh, and, again, I think Calvin Ridley falls from number one out of the top five completely, but, again, we'll see. I'm gonna tell you right now, Devontae Adams keeps hanging three touchdowns a week. He's, he's he'll be shooting right into number one. He'll be the number one <laughs> if he keeps putting up numbers as he has the last couple of weeks. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. All right, so moving on into the last uh, position, we'll talk about which this one is. This one's the most important out of all of them to me because you can win a fantasy league if you don't have a top five quarterback. You can win a fantasy league if you don't have a top five running back, and you can win a fantasy league if you don't have a top five wide receiver, as long as you have enough top 20 guys in those positions, you can you can find a way to win. Uh, the tight end position, if you, you either have a great tight end or you're streaming every week. Um, so without further ado, we'll get into it. Uh, there's a tie at number five between Hayden Hurst of Atlanta and Robert Tanyan of the Green Bay Packers. Um, Hurst has got uh, 30 catches for 349 yards and three touchdowns. Robert Tanya has 23 receptions, 309 yards, five touchdowns. Number four was surprising to me. This is a guy who's kind of flown under the radar in my eyes. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, 29 receptions, 321 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, Number three, no surprise here, Darren Waller, 45 receptions, uh, 373 yards, rather, and three touchdowns. Number two, this man is definitely falling out of the top five. George Kittle, 37 receptions, 474 yards, two touchdowns. And number one, I think it's pretty obvious, uh, Travis Kelsey, 
48 receptions, 610 yards, six touchdowns. What say you, Brant Walker, of the tight end position? Where's Mark Andrews? Mark Andrews is right now sitting at number eight. Yeah, was ranked, what, two or three in most PPR formats for pre-draft? Yes. Uh, Andrews has hung some duds. I don't think he brings it back. Um, That Baltimore offense has been figured out, I think. And unless they change it up, I don't I don't see how anything happens. Um, Hayden Hurst, I think he's he will stay number five, maybe move up, maybe down a spot, but I think he stays pretty steady right there. Robert Tanyan did all of his work in three weeks. He did. With Devontae Adams out. Yes. Adams is back. Lazard is coming back. Tanyan, I don't think is relevant after when they all get back and Jones comes back. Where's his targets going to go? Is he going to get any? I, I do believe that Robert Tanyan will do enough um, work to stick around the top 10, maybe top 12. Uh, I agree. I don't think he stays in the top uh, top five. Uh, I could see Hayden Hurst and TJ Hawkinson jockeying back and forth for the fourth and fifth spots. Um, the one that I'm going to say that has an outside chance to get his way there, uh, he's not done a lot, um, but the rhythm appears to be getting back there in Tampa Bay is Rob Gronkowski. Um, yes, you may see more Gronk spikes this year is what I'm telling you. Um, they just broke the rep, uh, or moved into second place, uh, for most receiving touchdowns between a, uh, quarterback and a receiving duo in, uh, Brady and Gronk. Uh, Gronk obviously didn't have much of a role the first several weeks of the season, but he's, he's getting there. He's getting red zone targets. I, you could see Gronk make his way into the conversation for me. Uh, he'd have to keep finding the end zone. He will be touchdown dependent to get there. I don't see him putting up uh, crazy yards. Um, but, again, Kittle's going to come out. That's uh, that's a huge name that's going to drop out. He won't be in the top – probably even top 15 when it's all said and done because of the injury. So there's going to be a vacated spot in the top five. Uh, Kelsey, I don't believe Kelsey ever relinquishes it. Uh, I think Darren Waller will finish as the number two tight end. Um, but there will be some jockeying. If again, if Baltimore figures it out, Mark Andrews is good enough that he can get back in top five. Absolutely. Another name that um, I think might come near the top five when he gets healthy. Um, he's done a little bit here and there. Uh, Noah Fant. He yes. was a big name. He was uh, Denver really liked him. Um, him and Albert O have done a lot of good things there. Um, so if Fant can get back to one hundred percent and get back to doing it, he he could be a. I mean, there are missing Sutton. So he could be one of Drew Locke's favorite targets. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree um, with Fant getting getting up there. But again, a lot of that's going to depend on is is Albert O going to continue to be uh, a guy that Drew Locke looks for in the red zone, or is Albert O going to get phased back out with Fant being healthy? Uh, Denver does run a lot of tight two tight end sets, so you could see both of them on the field. You could see success for both of them there. I still believe that with Albert O being a rookie. Yes, there's the chemistry, but I still think Fant is going to be the number one tight end there all season. I don't think he's in jeopardy of losing that. Uh, another name that um, I just traded for, actually, is uh, Hunter Henry. He hasn't been. He's had two down weeks. I still think he's a top ten tight end. Um, he'll still see. In the division they're in, there's a lot of passing. I think that uh, Hunter Henry could be a top ten tight end. And if, if you're in desperate need of a tight end, maybe you just lost uh, Kittle. Hunter Henry might be a name you can go get for a decent little price or a cheap little price. Yeah, another name. Um, I, I actually, speaking to myself, lost Kittle uh, in my uh, matchup with Walker, which uh, we briefly touched on. I should have not won that game, and neither should have Walker. It should have ended in a tie. Uh, we both set 
lineups that weren't our best, and uh, we both suffered some injuries that, that dramatically changed the score. But I will take the win um, uh, since that's the way the uh, scoring system played it out. Um, but uh, I was in kind of a scramble move uh, because I was tied for first after this week um, in wins in my uh, league, and losing Kittle was a big blow for me. So uh, talking to Walker a little bit, I was w- trying to look for some guys to target. Uh, I ended up trading and getting Hayden Hurst, but prior to that, Walker suggested this name to me, which is that of Jared Cook. Uh, Jared Cook has been getting a lot of targets in the red zone. Uh, Drew Brees seems to look for him more than he does anybody else, with the exception of Alvin Kamara. Uh, If Michael Thomas stays sidelined for any length of time here at all, uh, I do think you could see Jared Cook move his way into the top ten, possibly the top five if he gets some touchdowns. I think Jared Cook... Even with Michael Thomas coming back, I think Michael Thomas opens that field up even more than already because he's not really targeting deep downfield. Uh, Breeze is not targeting more than five yards downfield a whole lot. I think you get Michael Thomas back, that opens that middle up because you have to respect Michael Thomas regardless of how much time he misses. Um, I think Jared Cook may get even more open with Michael Thomas coming back. I think Cook is definitely a name that could move easily into the top five. Yeah, it would not, it would not surprise me a bit to see, uh, to see Jared Cook uh, move up Uh, again. Breeze, like you said, he doesn't have the arm strength that he once did. Um, So it'll be interesting to see what that, that offense looks like if, and when Michael Thomas does come back. Um, So before we get into the big boy meals of the week, I, I do want to ask you a, a few questions. You know, we talked a little bit about last week um, running back backfields. Um, another thing we talked about last week that I want to t- touch base on a little bit is, is two a time. Um, did any of the running back uh, backfields uh, that we talked about start to take shape in your eyes? We talked about Baltimore. We talked about San Fran. And we talked about Los Angeles. Uh, I think the Rams uh... – before Daryl Henderson went down with a thigh injury, I think Daryl Henderson has a full full uh, lock on that backfield for the rest of the season. Barring, I don't know how serious this thigh injury is. Um, I think he kept him out of practice a little bit last week. He came in, got hurt. I think I think it's Daryl Henderson's backfield there in L.A. They like to ride the hot hand. Uh, I already touched on it in Baltimore. I think the range should be handed over to J.K. Dobbins. Um, will they? We don't know. But – I think Dobbins is the best back there. Um, so that that's still a backfield to watch in my mind. And San Francisco, until they're all healthy and you can actually see it, it's Raheem Mostert's backfield in my mind when he finally comes off the IR. Other than that, I think it's if, if you have to start a back and you have the San Francisco's back, you start Jermichael Hastings. Absolutely. That's who I was going to say. I, I do believe until either Mostert comes back off of IR or Coleman finally gets himself 100% healthy, game ready, where you can go out and handle a big workload. I do think it's Jamichael Hasty. Um, not that I have any interest in owning anything there right now with as beat up as that offense is, as beat up as that defense is. Um, you know, the Super Bowl curse is, is, is turning into a nightmare there in San Fran with injuries. Um, I, I think in a redraft league, I trade out of everything I can out of San Fran, honestly, whether it be Brandon Ayuk or whatever else. I, I think I, I trade out of that. Team. I think you start Hastings this week. Look what Dalvin Cook just did to Green Bay. They play him on a short week. Green Bay's already been beat up by Dalvin Cook. 
I think you start hasting this week, but then I think you start to try to shop him. Yeah, I think Hasty is a guy that I would start this week too uh, on the short week. I, I I tend to want to shy away from starting Thursday night players as mo- as as much as most people, uh, unless they're your big studs. Keep them out of your flex. Yeah, yeah. Put him in your running back spot if you're going to start him that way in case um, there's an injury or whatever later. You can you can sub in a receiver in a flex spot or whatever else you need to do. Um, but yeah. It, a lot of people were talking about the trade deadline. The Packers were going to be active, um, definitely in adding another receiver for for Aaron Rodgers. But the, the, a lot of people uh, in the NFL world said the biggest need in Green Bay was a linebacker that could play the run because they've been torched by the run several times. Kamara torched them. And then Dalvin Cook just put up one of the biggest running back games you'll probably see this year, this year um, with the exception of maybe Derrick Henry. Um yeah, he'd be a guy that I'd, I'd consider starting, especially like you said, short rest. That defense just got their butts whooped by Dalvin Cook. Uh, it, it could be on a short week that that uh, Jamichael Hasty could come in and uh, get get some production uh, in in that game. So while we're sitting here, we're talking about backfields. Zach Moss, Dalvin Singletary. Who's the back to own? Are there any of the backs to own? Zach Moss had two touchdowns this week. Um, he had outsnapped. Um, Dalvin Singletary, do you is that just a straight committee and you roll the dice, or is there one to actually own? I I, I don't think I want to own any running back in ball, uh, in Buffalo rather uh, unless there's an injury. If I had one or two of them on my bench, uh, that's where they'd stay unless there was an injury to say Zach Moss. I'd start Devin Singletary, or if there's an injury to Devin Singletary, I'd start Zach Moss. Uh, where it sits right now, when they're both healthy, I'm not playing either one of them because you don't. I don't. Who do you who do you think goes off? That's true. It, it's the the other one that we could talk about briefly, which I, I don't think it needs to be that long of a discussion, is uh, the Kansas City backfield. Ceh. Yeah, I agree. I think it's I think it's Ceh. Uh, I, I don't think there's there's much there for Le'Veon Bell uh, in a fantasy aspect. It's kind of a head scratcher. He hasn't done much, and Clyde Edwards Helaire had done enough to prove himself in my mind. Um, so that one's interesting. Uh, let's move on to what else. The other thing we talked about um, last week is uh, Tua time. Tua played a very nasty defense in um, Los Angeles Rams. Excuse me. Uh, Jalen Ramsey did go down early with an illness. Aaron uh, Donald got his hands on him. Aaron Donald, welcome to the, the league. Game. Welcome to the league. Welcomed him to the league, kind of like we thought he might last week. We we touched on that. Um, you know, I will say uh, Tua didn't look great, but he also didn't have to. Um, you know, he threw 22 passes. He completed 12 of them for 93 yards and a touchdown to Devontae Parker. Um, His only catch for three yards and a touchdown. Yep, good enough. Good enough for the win. Um, <laughs> Tua didn't have didn't have to win the game. He wasn't put in a position where he had to throw 40 passes. Uh, so. We really didn't see enough of Tua to say whether Tua is the real deal or not. Um, you know, the light it did come to light that the reason the Dolphins benched Ryan Fitzpatrick to start Tua was because they do have the plethora of picks this year, um, one of which being the Houston Texans, who have one win this season. Uh, so I think they're they're evaluating Tua not necessarily to see if Tua is ready to start, but whether if Tua is ready to be the guy. Um, because if they have the number one overall pick, it'd be hard to pass on um Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, excuse me, Drew. If he comes out, drew a blank there. I, I think Trevor Lawrence comes out. Dabo Sweeney thinks Trevor Lawrence comes out. All uh, the experts do too. Yeah, everybody thinks Trevor comes out 
if Miami or if Miami gets the number one overall pick, I don't see how Trevor could t- t- turn down declaring. If the Jets do, that may be a different discussion. I think if Miami gets it, they have to debate on trading it away. They, they either have to debate on trading it away or they have to hope that Tua shows them enough the rest of this year, whether he's the guy this, or whether he's not. This I think, week right here could be one of the best weeks he could have a chance to yes, show off his talent. Absolutely. This is going to get be a game where they're going to have to pass. Um, but, again, sticking with the, the Tua conversation just a little bit longer, if, if, if Tua doesn't come out and show 100% that he is the man, that he's ready to take this team to the next level, and they have the number one overall pick. They have to take Trevor Lawrence. If they end up with the number two pick, and it's between Tua and Justin Fields, they stay with Tua. Justin Fields and Tua are similar players. Tua's a little more accurate, at least in college. Uh, Justin Fields does have the durability. Uh, he has, hasn't had the injury history. So Miami's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Um, hopefully Tua shows enough. Uh a lot of the rookie quarterbacks, with the exception of Ben DiNucci, have come out this year and, and uh, had some success. Um, so we'll see if Tua can can uh, keep that streak of rookie quarterbacks looking good. Uh, in his matchup this week in Arizona, he should have a chance to actually show what he's got. Absolutely, absolutely. So without further ado, let's get into the big boy meal of the week. I started last week, Walker. Why don't you start us this week? Tell me about your appetizer. My appetizer here is this Denver at Atlanta. Now, I did say Atlanta's defense could be one. There will be turnovers in that game. I think it's also going to be a little air raid game here. I think you start, you know, your your Julio Jones. I think if you're in a desperate, um, if if Calvin sits out, what's the uh, Russell Gage? Gage, that's it. That's what I'm thinking of. I think he could be a flyer pick. Start Todd Gurley. Denver doesn't really have the greatest of defenses like they have. They have a decent middle of the road defense. Atlanta's defense is starting to put it together, but I still think Denver and uh, Denver can get it going. The tight ends can get it going. Um, this game could be a very good. Uh, Passing game. Um, so, I mean, that's that's definitely my appetizer. I would start anyone you got in that game. Outside, I don't know if I'd start Drew Locke. I don't know if I'd start Drew Locke. I think Drew Locke's going to end up with at least a fumble and interception in that game. Interesting, yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. My appetizer this week is uh, like a big old plate of nachos from your favorite dive bar. Uh, I've got the the Houston Texans versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. It doesn't look great on the surface, but when you're drinking, it's the best food on the menu. Uh, the matchup I'm interested in there is obviously Deshaun Watson versus Jake Lutton. You know, Jake Lutton just as a rookie, he wants to come out show what he's made of. Deshaun wants Watson. And the Houston Texans don't have a first-round pick. They want to win as many games as they can, so Miami doesn't have the chance to take Trevor Lawrence. Um, Deshaun Watson's also going to say, hey, this is why I wanted you to hold on to my weapons. Let me show you what I can do with them. Uh, and then the other part of it that I'm really excited uh, and interested to see is uh, James Robinson versus that Houston's uh, defense. I'd like to see J.J. Watt and, and uh, James Robinson meet at the line of scrimmage a few times, see who wins that battle. That's got a 51-point over-under there by uh, Vegas. Um, I I think Will Fuller's going to hit a couple deep bombs this game. I think he, he this could be the Will Fuller type of game that we got to see, and I love your appetizer here this week. Uh, let me go in. I'll throw out my meal of the week here. Uh, my meal is this Detroit at Minnesota. Divisional matchup. Normally try to shy away from because they know each other so well. Neither one has a very good defense. It's going to be a high score, and 52.5 points is the over-under. Start your boys there. Um, I, I would go out on a limb, limb and start Marvin Hall and Marvin Jones. I would probably start them both. This could be the Marvin Jones game we see once a year where he gets three touchdowns. 
It all depends on how Minnesota decides to move their defense around. Uh, Minnesota, you got your Adam Thielen, your uh, Jefferson, start them both. Dalvin Cook, start him. Uh, backfield in Detroit, what do you think? Who do you start or do you start either? Yeah, so Detroit's another backfield that uh, isn't as clear as it should be. Uh, in my mind, it's DeAndre Swift. I think DeAndre Swift's done enough. Um, Adrian Peterson's still there. Uh, he's still going to get work. Um uh, on Johnson came back and had a receiving touchdown this week, uh, which is good to see. You know, he's always injured. He's he's had high promise every year uh, and just hasn't been able to put it together. So that's another backfield that if I have one and I have to start a player from that backfield, I'm starting Swift. I think he's got the highest upside out of the three backs there, uh, but I wouldn't be comfortable starting any of them. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's a good meal there. Uh, my main course is, is uh, the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Los Angeles Chargers. Derek Carr versus Justin Herbert. Two guys slinging the ball this year, two gunslingers. Uh, and then you got Josh Jacobs versus that Chargers defensive line that's still got Joey Bosa. Um, so it, it's going to be an interesting game there. I think uh, there'll be a lot of points put up. Not a lot of defense on either side of the ball there, really, with the exception of uh, of uh, the Chargers front line. Uh, it's going to be a game that there's going to be points scored. You got Keenan Allen, you got... Henry Ruggs, you got Nelson Aguilar, you got um, yeah. There's just there's a lot of uh, guys there that, that that could put up points. Very fantasy relevant. Um, that's my main course of the week. And I'm gonna I'm gonna touch in on that. Start Ruggs. They just lost King. They just yeah. traded King there in L.A. Start Ruggs. I think he also will be out hitting some deep bombs. Carr likes to unleash unleash it. They played in a very very terrible weather last week and and. In uh, Cleveland, I think Vegas gets back on track, and that's very good. That's the second highest scoring game that they have this week. Now, for the highest scoring game is my dessert. Neither of these teams have a very good run defense. I hate to say it. Is Seattle at Buffalo? It's a noon game. Seattle looks good in noon games. Um, our defense was stepping up a little bit better this week. Um, Hopefully we get Jamal Adams back and Snacks is going to possibly be active. We get Griffin back on the corner. Hopefully our defense comes back and as from a football fan uh, standpoint. Um, but that's a 54-point over-under. I think that game turns into nothing but a shootout. Now, if I had to pick a Seattle receiver to start, I'm taking Tyler Lockett this week. DK Metcalf should draw white in coverage. Now, don't get me wrong, DK should still get his. He got his against Gilmore too. But – I think Lockett's the, the higher scoring of the Seahawks receivers. Uh, Josh Allen will have chances to scramble. He'll probably get a rushing touchdown. Uh, Diggs will probably see it. Um, once again, the Buffalo backfield is so crazy, even though Seattle's defense is, is, is kind of weak. I don't know which one you would start even against them. The odds are it might end up being a 50-50 split, and they'll both get you seven points. Yeah, I don't think I want to touch on the running backs on either side of the ball there. I'm not real intrigued either either way there. Um, but the, the, what's intriguing about your dessert of the week for me is you got two top five quarterbacks in Russell Wilson and, and Josh Allen, and you got three top five receivers coming into this game in DK Lockett and Diggs. I do think Russell outperforms Josh Allen this week, but I'm going to go out on a limb here, and, and this may be a shock to you. Um, I think Stephon Diggs puts up the biggest – points of a receiver fantasy wise in that game I think the I think Seattle wins it uh and I think Russell Wilson continues to cook and, and continues to stamp himself in as the MVP uh but I do think Stefan Diggs 
has a big game this week, mainly because I believe Seattle will get up to a big big lead at some point in this game. Now, you say you want to stay away from both backfields. I get it with the Buffalo one. If Carson sits, Hyde's already out, do you start DJ Dallas? If I guess I guess if if either backfield has a, a key player sitting, whether Carson sits or if Singletary or Moss were to sit for some reason, then yes, I would start whatever running back is left on on either side. If Carson plays, I don't want to start Carson or DJ Dallas. I I just don't. I think Dallas has done enough that he's going to get a role, but Carson's the guy. Uh, so I, I think that I, personally, I I don't want either side in the backfield with the exception of the quarterbacks. Right. Well, let's hear about your dessert. Yeah, my my dessert this week uh is a huge uh divisional game. It's the Sunday night game of the week. It's the New Orleans Saints versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You got Brady, you got Breeze. They're both competing for uh, most touchdown passes of all time. Uh they keep passing each other every week this year. Uh you got the Bucks defense uh, which is a top five defense against the Saints defense, which is another really good defense. Uh, you got Kamara. Uh, is Michael Thomas going to play? Is Michael Thomas not going to play? Uh, what's Antonio Brown's role look like? Uh, does Mike Evans cont- continue his uh, perfect red zone target completion rate? Uh, he's six for six with six touchdowns. Uh, what? What? Which of the the future Hall of Fame quarterbacks in this game stands out to you? Tom Brady. Tom Brady. I think I think uh, New Orleans uh, corners are a little bit uh, downgrade from the Tampa Bay uh, secondary, so I think Tom Brady out, outperforms him. I I I will uh, feed off of what you said there just a little bit and play devil's advocate. I do believe Marshawn Lattimore is the best cornerback in this game. Absolutely, I believe he's um, the best. But uh, as a whole, I think you're correct. The the the. Buccaneers defense is a little better. We saw what they did to Aaron Rodgers. Again, a lot of that comes from the pass rush, um, which leads me to believe that you may see another huge game out of Kamara here. A lot of quick passes uh, out to Kamara. I know I got an eye roll out of you there because you once held uh, Alvin Kamara. I appreciate that. Um, But I I do think that's going to be the best game of the week, uh, at least in my mind. Again, you got the two Hall of Famers. You got all kinds of huge fantasy studs. Actually, you know what? Let's get into that just for a brief second. We've talked about um, backfields. Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, who's the guy? Fournette. Jones has fumbled two games in a row for them. Um, and once he fumbles, I don't think Bruce Arians uh, has as much trust in him as he as he did. Now, when Leonard Fournette was hurt, Jones came out, he balled out, and he was the back. He was the guy. He's putting the ball on the ground, and Arians is not going to take that. Yeah, I – I think the better running back at this point in their careers is actually Ronald Jones. Uh, I I do like what Ronald Jones brings to that offense with where everything's at right now. But with you, uh, with what you mentioned, the fumble, the fumbling issue, I do think that it'll continue to be a 50 50 split and it will decrease the more Jones fumbles. Uh, You'd like to see him get that together. Uh, As far as fantasy wise goes, you'd like to see one of these two take it over because that's a massive role in that massive offense. Um, What do you think? First of all, let me ask, do you think Michael Thomas plays this week? No, I I don't believe he does either. Uh, There was some rumblings that he might be traded. That would be a huge uh, trade that would have been made a lot of, a lot of fantasy or a lot of cash consideration with Michael Thomas. Um, obviously not going anywhere. You can tell he doesn't want to be in New Orleans right now. It doesn't seem that they want him there with the possibility of shopping the guy that was the number one receiver in all of football last year. Um, I I don't think he plays either. Like I said, 
I don't know if he plays at all this year. Um, trade Michael Thomas if you can. Trade yeah. him. Trade if, him. If you can still get any value for Michael Thomas right now is the time. Uh, but the other big name that's that's uh, that's there this week, finally able to play after eight eight, eight week uh, suspension, Antonio Brown. I know your Seahawks were interested in him for a while. He ended up signing uh, with Tampa Bay, living with Tom Brady currently. What do you make of Antonio Brown moving forward? Antonio Brown's been out of the league for a year, two, a year or two. I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, he played one game last year, so yeah. I don't. I don't start him. I don't. I'm not rostering him. I did not. I was not one of the guys that rushed out to get him. I don't believe Antonio Brown makes a huge impact. But I was also not a believer in Gronk. And Gronk got into football shape, and Gronk is doing Gronk things because Tom Brady trusts him. If Tom Brady has the trust in Antonio Brown, and Antonio Brown is half of what he used to be. He could be fantasy relevant. I don't think he is, though. Tom Brady obviously has some trust for Antonio Brown, letting him stay at the house with Giselle while Tom Brady's playing some football. Uh, <laughs> now, you'd have to trust a lot, another man an awful lot for that. Giselle's a beautiful woman. Uh, I, I am going to go way out there and say I think I started Antonio Brown this week. Chris Godwin's out. Um, you got Mike Evans, who should draw uh, Marshawn Lattimore. I start Antonio Brown this week. I see I, – I, I, I think I, I started this week. As soon as Godwin comes back, unless Antonio Brown comes out this week and shows that he is still that man that he used to be, um, when Godwin's back, I bench him and I forget about him. But this week, in this big game, in his first game back from his suspension, his first game back since he played uh, for New England with Tom Brady, I think I started him this week just to see what, what goes on there. I do. Um but uh, it will be interesting to see how that shakes out moving forward. Well, be it. Let's get ready for a good week of football. A uh, good week of football coming up. We got a lot of divisional matchups, and uh, let's get ready. Uh, this that's all we got for the Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast this week. We'll see you guys back at week ten. Week ten, as always. Uh, be sure to jump on the Facebook page. Uh, throw us throw us any questions or, or anything you want us to hear us address. Um, we, we've been posting daily. We've been trying to answer everybody's posts that we can. We uh, get on every Saturday, last minute, start sits. Ask the questions. Ask them away. We're more than happy to answer them. Absolutely. And uh, as always, uh, stay fat. And stay hungry. <laughs>